This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Hello, everyone, and happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me for the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, matchmaker and founder of singleinthecity.ca, joined by my co-host tonight, philanthropist and media personality, the beautiful Joan Kelly Walker. Hi, Laura. Hi. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, Joan, and uh, all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in again. How do you get back into dating after divorce? We're going to be diving into this tonight with my guest, our guest, Jennifer Hervitz. Jennifer is a fellow relationship expert and dating coach, a best-selling author and host of the award-winning Doing Relationships Right podcast. Tonight, we'll be discussing how to date again when you have kids putting yourself back out there after divorce and the things you need to consider when doing so. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Jennifer. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. I'm so glad to be here. So fun. What's happening? (laughs) Uh, Well, getting back out there again after divorce, uh, whether your marriage lasted a few years or decades can be tough. Um, (laughs) How do you know if you're finally ready to get back out there? You know, what are some of the first steps that you need to take when, when you are ready? Well, I'll tell you, Laura. So first of all, hi. Um, hi. And, um, hi, hi. Yeah, so actually, you know, I get that a lot from my clients. A lot of, you know, the first question they ask me is when. When can I start dating? When is the right time? When should I do it? And I like them to take a deep breath and slow down and, and ask themselves, more importantly to me, is the why. Why do you want to start dating again? Um, take a look at, at, at that and know that, you know, Yes, we have to know the when, sure, but there's no timeline, right? And I don't like to go by the calendar. I don't like to say, oh, wait a year, wait six months, wait till you whatever. I like to know with my clients, why? What is your purpose? What is the reason? Are you looking for um, a partner in crime? Are you looking for a long-term relationship? Are you looking for just casual sex? Are you looking to fill a void? Are you looking for, um, you know, just sex with benefits? What is, what is it, what's your why? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's super important. Um, not so much the when. Yes, the when is you know obviously when you're ready, and everybody's timeline is different. I think that yeah. your your time may be different than you know someone else's, and my time is different than you. You know what I'm saying? It's like everyone's different. So I think you have to be comfortable with yourself, and you have to get your confidence back, and then you can take that step out there. So. So I just have a little observation about this exact conversation. I find it really interesting, you know, talking about the why of getting back out there dating and just the fact that nowadays we can have this conversation if one of the reasons is that you just want to have casual sex. I imagine that 20 years ago, nobody would talk about that. So I think we've really evolved in in having a conversation like this. It's really great. I agree. I also think we've evolved in the fact that you can actually have a conversation about what you want in a relationship. There's mm-hmm. no more, you know, right? We're normalizing that. It used to be where if you said what you wanted, you were labeled as needy or crazy or, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about that so soon. But I think if maybe you agree or you disagree, girls, but I think it's important that you put it out there and you say exactly what you're looking for. Don't waste your time and your energy, especially after divorce. You don't, you know, it's your turn. It's your time. It's your, you get a second shot at this, right? Um, so why waste your time and energy playing games? Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like people should wait until their divorce or separation is final before they start dating again? Because as a matchmaker, 
Um, I find that there are, you know, I do get clients coming to me that are actually still living under the same roof as their partner. Oh. Like, okay, that is a definite no-no. I yes, will take on. I, I agree. Def, I will take on a client as long as they are separated I and agree. they are working towards a divorce, right? As long as they've been out of that relationship for. I always say, like, I I always suggest at least a year. Um, oh, I like that. I, I like and, that, and, you know, Laura. You give yourself yourself some time and space that way, right? Um, mm-hmm. Again, like what you mentioned, there's no real magic time frame, right? It, what, you know, asking yourself those questions that you uh, propose are also very important. But um, yeah, so I, I do suggest that you are at least living outside of the home. Okay. I agree. Right. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? It's also crazy because in different states, I know y'all are in Canada, but in in the states, right? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. There are different rules. So every state has different um, separation agreements. For example, in Charlotte, you can't date when you're separated unless it's a legal documentation mm-hmm. that you have a separation agreement. So when I was, yeah, when I was separated, we had to live in two separate addresses for a year. One year we had to be separated for in two separate addresses. And my, um, I call him my husband, my husband and I, um, we agreed that we could date, right? But some of my friends didn't have that agreement with their partners. So they had to go outside of the state of North Carolina to have sex. <laughs> wait a second. So, but yes, how would anybody, yes. wait, how would you oh, find that Laura, out? You ready for this? So let's say that someone had a private investigator or they had someone oh, on you and they, they were able to prove it. It's called alienation of affection. So you could actually sue. You could sue, like, let's say that I found my ex-husband with someone. I could sue that woman for alienation of affection for up to $85,000. Oh, Is that unbelievable? Wow. So you've got to be careful who you're, what you're doing during that separation. So I won't take any clients um, in the state of North Carolina that are not legally separated. Okay. So that's a yeah. question that you have to ask when you meet someone. Are yes. you legally separated? Yes. Am I going to yep. get sued? What's your status? That's a whole other level. Absolutely. You have to because then you're you're you know you're playing with fire there, girls. You're playing with fire. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer, what are some important things to keep in mind when uh, we want to get back out there again and start dating? Okay, my biggest thing that I work with my clients is flipping your mindset. You have Mm -hmm. to flip your mindset. You have to be in a positive state of mind. If you're going to go out dating, and I know, Laura, you definitely, I've heard your stuff and you, you, this is you for sure. You have to be positive and you cannot be going on those dates if you're in a negative mindset because no, no, right. I mean, who wants to date a negative Nelly? Right. Nobody, you don't want to sit at the table across the table with someone who's, you know, I I don't want to swear crabbing about their ex-wife or, um, you know, talking badly about an ex-partner, it's, it's no fun for anybody. So do yourself um, and the dating world um, a little service and, and be in a happy place. <laughs> Flip your mindset, right? Yeah. That's really and important. Also important to take it slow. Don't do yes. anything that you don't want to do. Don't force anything upon you. And also too, like chemistry doesn't always mean a long-term connection. Especially- I was just going to say that. Yes, you're right. Right. Especially when, when you're dating after divorce, singles, singles seem to think this, you know, immediate, oh, a blazing chemistry is the key to, you know, or mm-hmm. the thing to look out for. But that's not true. I agree. Uh, and chemistry, especially for women, I find can grow over time um, and, and may take some dates to begin to grow. So don't just assume that 
you're going to meet this person and you're just going to be falling head over heels for them. You know, it doesn't always happen that way. How long should you wait then until you have sex? Oh, I love that question. That's one of my favorite <laughs> questions. Do you want to take it, Laura? Or do you want me to? No, you go ahead. Do you know what? I, I'm really super sex positive. So I say there's no rules. I don't have rules with my client. I'm like, look, you do you, boo. And when you want to have sex, have sex. But, you know, um, deal with the repercussions of it. I always say deal with the, if you can handle the aftermath, then, you know, if someone doesn't call you the next day because you had sex, then, then you know what? You deal with it, right? But um, I really, I don't think there's a magic number. I don't think you should wait three dates or four dates. I think you should have sex and when it feels right to you, but know that your emotions, um, can definitely get caught up in, in the sex and that sometimes lust is way different, um, than love, right? And those, those hormones of dopamine and the oxytocin pumping around in the beginning of a relationship, it goes away right after the honeymoon phase. So you gotta think about all that stuff before you jump into bed with someone. And Laura, what would you say? How long? Um, I, I would, I would take my time. I'm yeah. like, that's something that I'm always promoting. I also get a lot of slack for it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a firm believer that we should be taking our times to get getting to know someone because people's true colors don't really start appearing after, you know, several months. I agree and with that too, I, Laura. Yeah, right. And and, yep. and what you just said, you know, if you know that you're that type of person that gets attached, emotionally attached to someone after having sex, like myself, then refrain from having sex too soon because we tend to get, you know, our uh, we tend to get clouded and our vision gets blurred. <laughs> I agree. And so does our mindset because we uh, lust after this person so much. We think it, it you know, could potentially be love, but I tend to think it's lust early on in a relationship and then it clouds our judgment. And so if you're that person, then I would refrain from having sex too soon. But hey, if you don't care, like, and you can take it, then heck, do whatever the hell you want. I can't take it, Laura. I can't take it. (laughs) I was one of those people. I was like, nope, I'm going to have sex. And then I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'll be fine. My emotions won't get up. And then I was like in love the next day. <laughs> yeah. But then what if they don't call you because you exactly. had sex too soon? Then... Right. You know what? Here's my thing, Joan. I'll tell you this. If a guy likes you, it doesn't matter when you have sex with him. Okay. If he wants that, it's, it's that, I just heard this. Who did this? Someone, Tinks, I think it was. Do you guys know who Tinks is? She talked about the in the box theory that you're either in the box, a, a, a woman is either in the box or she's out of the box, right? If a guy knows within the first, whatever, 20 minutes, an hour that he wants to date you. It doesn't matter what you really do. It it doesn't, you're in the box, right? So whether you have food in your teeth or you have sex on the first date or you are perfect as as punch, he's going to call you the next day. I don't, I, I don't know if I, I don't know. Do you agree with that? With that. I, don't know. No, I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I, I have to think I, about I, it. I don't, I think that it can cause a lot of insecurities for the guy too. Cause oh. I've, I've interviewed tons of guys about this. Yeah. And tell me, tell me, can we talk cool about guys, it after the break? Well, sure. We can talk about it after the break, but some are cool with it and some are not so cool with it because really? they're thinking, right. They're thinking, well, if she had sex with me this soon, how many other guys has uh-huh. she had sex with on a first date? or that mentality so yeah we need to take a break though when we come back we're going to be discussing uh, the dating game when you have kids
You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellata, joined by my co-host tonight, Joan Kelly Walker, and our guest, Jennifer Hervitz. Getting back to our discussion. And now we're going to be talking about dating again with kids in just a moment. Yeah, but first, you know, we were talking about getting back into the dating world after you get divorced. And I know that we had a few more things that we wanted to cover about what's important to keep in mind in order to get back out there into the dating world. So Laura, you had a couple more points you wanted to raise. I did. Um, Make sure that you're actually over your ex and you're ready to date again, which we briefly covered, but also don't hide the fact that you have kids. I think it's important to mention that you have kids, but you definitely don't want to be going into detail about your kids on a first or second date. First or second date are just about, you know, do we actually have chemistry here? Are we Mm -hmm. compatible? Do we want to see each other again? Uh, You should be having those conversations, but do not. Very good point. Such a good point. Such a good point. And Jennifer, did you have anything else to add to that? I do, if you you don't mind. Things to keep in mind before you get out there into the dating world. Yeah, you know what? I I always like to talk about with my clients, and I think Laura does this too. We make lists of like non-negotiables, right? Things that we aren't going to like, we have to have, or we, you know, setting our standards. But it's really important too, when you do make that list of non-negotiables, that you just pick a top five or a top three that you really are are not going to settle without, right? But don't be too picky and give people a second chance and know that sometimes you have to grow into a person. Um, I think we covered that a little bit, but um, as far as like deal breakers, you know, big ones, like I think, you know, um, things like hair color and like their height and that kind of thing, that shouldn't matter. Like those things, don't you think, Laura, those are, and Joan, those are things that really you should not take so much, you know, don't put so much weight into those. But you know what, I have a friend that's in the dating world after divorce, and she keeps saying, you know, I want a tall guy, but she keeps going on dates that, you know, that's down on her list of non-negotiables. But then she meets him and she's like, oh, he's really great, but he's not tall. Oh, so, you know, maybe she needs to adjust her list. Can we talk about that list a bit? Like, what do you do? You write out 10 items that you want, and then you, and then you take your top five and focus on that? Well, usually I, ha- I tell my clients, you, you know, you can't fit a square peg in a round hole, right? So like big things, like you don't want to date a guy with kids. That's a big thing. That's not going to change. You can't ever change that, right? So that's a big thing. Or you don't want to date long distance, or you don't want to date a guy who's not your religion, or you don't, those are things that are deal breakers, okay? A smoker, something like that. But a guy who's like, I'm not going to date someone under, under six feet. Do you know that only what, 13% of the population, men are over six feet? You're cutting off a huge percentage of the population. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you need to really think about those kind of things because um, I'll give you a quick example. Let's say that you do come to me and you say, it's okay, this guy's super hot. I found him on match and I, I don't care that he's got kids but you've told me that you don't want to date a man with kids, right? You're setting yourself up for failure because you already know that you don't want to date a guy with kids yet. He has three kids under the age of 10. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So So Laura, do you have a list? Like, do you encourage people to create their own list? uh, Yeah, I, I do. Of course. So important. I say narrow down your list to maybe five to 10 top non-negotiable values. 
So the more important things or the most important things that you want and need in your relationship that without you will not be happy, you will not be fulfilled. So think of the qualities that you most admire and treasure in a person, you know, um, and you may embody all of these things. And these are things that your friends can count on you for, you know, and the things that they love about you and also the things that you love about yourself. And things that aren't so important are things like what Jennifer was saying, like someone's appearance, somebody's height, somebody's body type, somebody's profession. Like I had a woman who was in her early 40s. She wanted children so bad, but she would not budge. She had to marry a doctor. I was like, well, what about a dentist? And she's like, no, he has to be a chiropractor. Oh, (laughs) not even a chiropractor, not a dentist. No, no, not a dentist. None of that. Uh, Someone's age, someone's sense of style. Like these are little things that we can, you know, give advice on or change (laughs) or, you know, that five to tier, that five to 10 year timeline, uh, someone's debt. I mean, that could possibly be a a non-negotiable, but maybe it's not so important to you, you know, like, or someone massages you weekly, those type of things. (laughs) So yes, I think that it's important to maybe, you know, come up with a list of five to 10. I love that. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Okay. So we are, this segment is supposed to be about uh, dating with children. Um, So that can be super difficult, especially after a a long relationship. How, like, what do you do about that? How do you know that you're ready to date when you have children? Oh boy. I get, this is, this is just one of my favorite topics (laughs) because I have two boys and um, you know, I'll tell you mine are, when I got divorced, my kids were nine and 11 and I can tell you this, um, I think we learn from our mistakes. And I just thought to myself, oh, they'll be fine. It's no problem. I'll bring this, you know, this guy they can meet. I'll say it's my friend. Um, not the case. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in research does actually show that um, it is really detrimental to your children if you introduce them to a partner too soon. Um, so I, I do strongly believe that, that waiting and talking to your kids and being open, but not too open and not sharing too much information. I think that unless you are in a committed relationship that um, your kids should not meet someone that you're dating. If it's just a casual relationship, I don't, I don't suggest your kids meeting someone that you're dating, but that's, that's my, my, mm. my and Laura, do you agree with that? I do agree with that. Yeah. I say at least six months. It should be at least. Me too. I think your relationship should be getting somewhat serious before you introduce them to the children, because that's the last thing that you want is to be introducing them to somebody new every few months because that's oh. damaging. That'll yeah. damage them. It, it really is damaging. So I think, yes, I totally agree with that. And also Jennifer, um, you know what, like, cause you may have come across this, but what should you do if they get really upset ab- about it when you well, do first, talk to them? Yeah, that's a great question, Laura. First of all, um, I'll tell you your expectations. You need to be ready for that because they are going to be upset. They will be. And if they're not, they're just not telling you. The thing about kids is that they don't want to upset their mom and dad. Okay. They want mom and dad to be happy. And it really is so dependent mm-hmm. upon their age. Their age is so important. Also, how they adjusted to your divorce is another big factor. So while you may think that they're adjusting beautifully to the split, or you see them being resilient, and when you bring another person into their life that's A, 
going to, they think, replace their parent and B, might compete with their parent, whether it's the the dad or the mom, um, you're bringing in a whole new set of like everything, right? Rules and the ballgame changes. And so you really have to stay in tune and in touch with your kids' behaviors because you may not hear them say that they're upset but or see them, but you may see their grades drop. You may see their appetite change. They may start to like, you know, lash out at school, things like that. So it's almost like a divorce. You're, you're going to see a lot of the same kinds of behaviors happening. It's, it's really tough. Should you I'm have sorry. a conversation with your new partner about yes. that before yes. you introduce them? Like, I'm just thinking of my own situation. My husband was divorced and he okay. had two young children, but I always was very clear and he didn't ask me to do this, but I think it would be smart to have this conversation. I always let them know I'm not replacing your mom. You have a great, great mom and she Aww. loves you. And, you know, I, so I was no competition. I was That's I think awesome. just like a bonus. I love so that. I love that. I think you, you have to have those conversations yes. of yes, how are we going to do this? Of course. And if you don't have those conversations, then it's not the right person. If someone ever, if, if the person you're dating, um, there are a couple of you huge red flags, if you don't mind, can I do those a couple of red flags for you guys? With mm-hmm. the, um, okay. If, a couple of red flags. If, if the person you're dating, A, pushes to meet your kids too soon, after you've told them, no, I'm not ready, that's a red flag. Or if the person that you're dating, when you say, let's say you've been dating for six months, I'd love you to meet my kids, says something along the lines of, obviously, I'm not interested, or I don't think we need to talk about it, I'm just going to come over. That's a red flag, right? Um, So Mm -hmm. you're right, Joan, having a conversation with your partner is so vital. Um, I love that you said that to the kids that you said that I'm a bonus, because that's what they want to hear. They want to hear it's one more person to love me right? It's one more person to love me. Um, it really is. That's great. That's, that's just, that's really good. And I think yeah. you have to let Kudos. the kids steer the ship too. Like, Agreed. you know, they don't call me mom and I never ask them to call me mom. They call me Joan. So, yeah. you know, that was, that was just sort of an easy thing, but I, I think maybe some people would prefer if like, depending how young the kids are and what yeah. the role is, uh, for them to change how they refer to that person. So what's well, your I, thoughts on that? Well, I think that's more into like the blending family thing, which is like a whole different conversation. But if you're just dating, I think if we're just talking about dating with kids. Um, I think that it's also super important that you ask yourself, is this person that you're dating, um, is it going to, is it, is he or she a good fit for your family? Okay. So even before you start talking about getting married or moving in and blending, because blending is a whole different animal. Um, just think about if this person's even, even you want to introduce them to your kids, right? Because maybe that you've, you've dated them for six months, but you're thinking, I don't really even know if they make a good fit in my family, right? Yeah. And I just wanted to also um, mention, like, if you're having a conversation with your kids, uh, maybe it should look something like, hey, your mom is dating someone new. You know, he's, he's excited to meet you one day. He knows all about you guys. And I love you. This is not going to change my behavior towards you or how I feel about you. You will always be my number one priority. Um, but, you know, your mom also deserves to be happy as well. You know, I think that it's important for them to know that because you do deserve to be happy <laughs> as well. Your kids cannot expect you to stay single forever. 
So, yeah. And what about like, do people end up having feelings of guilt? So they're spending time dating and spending instead of spending time with their children. Well, as far as I was concerned, I, um, I never put my, I always put my self, I mean, my kids before me, my kids came first, no matter what. And I think that anyone you're dating that expects you to put your, your dating life before your children, um, is, is probably not a person that you should be dating. (laughs) I think that most people that date people with kids know that their kids come first. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's just, there are some pretty catty people out there. Oh, really? I've seen it. Yeah, my 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 brother's girlfriend. She was never okay with with him prioritizing Aww. his kids, and it we we saw it, but he didn't see it right away. But we definitely saw it. It was horrible, and it's like she had her own kids and wanted him to prioritize her kids, oh. but not his own kids. So, oh. like, yeah, well, that relationship's no longer. Thank goodness. well he was smart he got smart and we didn't even have anything to do with it so there you go it always turns out how it's supposed to we're going to take a quick break when we come back it's time to chat about baggage from your previous relationships and what you should do with it we'll be back Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, with my co-host this evening, Joan Kelly Walker, and our guest, Jennifer Hervitz, discussing baggage from previous relationships and why you need to leave it behind. That's what we're talking about right now. So, Let's chat about baggage from previous relationships. What kind of baggage do people tend to bring into new relationships, Jennifer? Well, where do I start? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I always say my favorite phrase, hakuna matata. You've got to leave the baggage in the past. Leave everything in the past because um, there's no reason to bring it into the relationship. Uh, well, I mean, too soon. I say leave it. You know, it, There's no reason to bring all of your baggage onto the first date, the second date, the third date. Why? What's the point of that? Right? I mean. Mm-hmm. That's really, it, you know, I think it's hard because people like to talk. And if you're they do. finding someone that you're really into, you feel like you're sharing and you're That's, kind of oversharing intimacy. Yeah. So it, it's hard to leave that stuff behind. Like, do you have any tips for that? Yes. Okay. So there's a difference between sharing and oversharing, a big difference. So, Oh, I'll tell you, it's important on a first date or a second date, even the first month you're dating to be interesting and interested, right? So asking questions and having a nice conversation. And when you bad mouth or you talk, and not even badly, but when you talk about your past, it, a lot of times it brings up trauma and drama. I always say leave the trauma and the drama behind um, because you don't want to look um, you want to put your best foot forward, right? And I'm not saying you should hide things about yourself because that's not what you that's not what you want to do, right? I mean, but I don't think anybody wants to hear about what you what happened to you when you were four years old, this horrific thing, or about you know how you were, you know, in in college you were taking LSD and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All those big things can wait until you know the person or you're at least dating and you have a built a relationship. Because here's why. 
what happens when you guys stop dating after three dates? And this person that you've told your, your entire life story to, it, it, don't you, I mean, I, I feel like, oh my God, I can't believe I just shared the most intimate details of my life with this person. I'm never going to see again. Mm-hmm. Right? Or he ghosts you on date four. I mean, I was dating a guy for two months once. He was coming to pick me up. We were going out of town for the weekend. He never showed up. He ghosted me after two months. Literally ghosted wow. me. Like, didn't even show up. I thought he was in the hospital. Like, it was craziness. And there I had shared all this stuff about my, my past with him, thinking, oh my God, I felt like I needed a shower. Like, it was just disgusting, right? So look, it. it's, it's important that you share things, yes, but don't overshare. That's just my opinion. Stick it to it. <laughs> Jennifer, I totally agree with that. Oh, good. Like, well, certainly, because why should we be telling these complete strangers secrets about us? Right. Or when again, yeah, like I remember dating this one guy and he got so I, I told him like the secret and he got so vindictive. <gasps> um, yeah. So he Aww. started going around and telling the secret, but then he also started telling lies about me oh, other people. and no, I thought that's... my goodness and I only dated him for a few months and it's like imagine that's not if okay. I told him like more things but then he, the fact that he was actually making stuff up <laughs> oh, that's awful yeah and you know what I always like to say it's like you should be like in one of those hard candies with the like an ooey gooey center and you should let someone get to the center of you like let someone earn you like earn the good stuff right like Think of them like how many, what's that Tootsie Roll pop that you lick it a hundred times till they get to the chocolate, to the Tootsie Roll in the center, right? So if you think about yourself that way and let someone actually like, they need to deserve, they need to get to like, I don't know, like they should deserve all of that, right? They should earn it, your trust yeah. and, and your love so that you share it, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. So you said, you know, it's important to share and also to listen. So what, yes. you know, it's always good conversation to ask questions of the other person. What kind of questions are okay to ask? Is it okay to say, you know, what happened in your marriage? Why are you, why'd you get divorced? Like, are those questions okay? Or what would be questions to help you do a deep dive into the things that might affect this new opportunity of dating someone? Okay. So how about something like this? Um, tell me a story about your childhood. Or, um, so no, but don't use like uh, yes or no questions, leave them open-ended or instead of like, what's your favorite movie? How about something like, um, if you could go to one place or, you know, if there's one place in the world that you could go, when, why would you go there and what would you choose? And those kind of things, right? Like stories about like, that they have to actually give you details about their life. Or if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? Mm-hmm. That's a what great... about asking about their previous relationships or their you know previous what? marriage? Well, you Is don't that off do... limits? You don't want to do that. Yeah, on a first you don't date. want to do that on a first date. No. And you know yeah. what? It's not. It's not really your business on a first date. I don't think. Do you think? No, well, I don't think. no, it's no. none of your business. And it, it actually turns me off when someone does starts to asking me, me questions about my past. Yeah, I'm like, why do you care? Date. I was like, I don't even know if I like you. I'm not answering these questions yet. <laughs> uh, but another way you can find out if they get along with their family members, for example, without actually saying, hey, you know, do you get along with your parents or, you know, who are your greatest role models? Oh, I a love lot of that them question. will mention their parents if, if you know, they had a good upbringing. Um, but some will actually come out and say it. 
they will actually come out and say, oh, I don't speak to my parents for whatever mm -hmm. reason. I wouldn't be prying if they did that as well, not on a first date. But, you know, once you start to get to know someone, you get a little more comfortable with them after a few dates, then you can start asking the more serious questions, but okay. not on a first date. Keep it light and fun yeah. and simple. I also think that a first date shouldn't be three hours long, right? So you shouldn't have all that time to talk. <laughs> it should be like, you know, a half an hour. But look, you don't need to, it's a meet. You're meeting someone. It's like, you know, it shouldn't be an interrogation. It shouldn't be an interview. But it's just like, let's see if we, if we even like can do this, right? I'm just meeting you. So if you don't give yourself that much time to spend with the person, you should be able to just have a conversation that doesn't get too deep anyway, right? So I, I totally agree with that. I would yeah. say coffee. That's it. Yes. You're out of there. Yes. Coffee, ice cream, a walk in the park. Let's meet. Do her, you, you know. know how many women frown upon a coffee date? Like this is, the biggest, Laura, this is what we talk about on Clubhouse. Okay. I love oh, coffee me. dates. So quick and easy or a walk or let's grab a coffee, go for a quick walk. Like yes. I do not want to spend two hours, three hours with this complete stranger right. having dinner because some of the ladies they feel that they're worth more than just a coffee date. Oh, so they want to be Jesus. taken out for a fancy dinner. Oh, my they really? want, because I guess they're thinking if it, if it's a no go, if I don't like them, well, at least I got something out of it. Oh, that's oh, terrible. That's and awful. also I think some people might think, well, I put the same effort getting myself looking beautiful for a coffee date as I would for a dinner. So I may as well go out for dinner. Yeah. Not that that's <laughs> justified, but you know, it takes Maybe, effort. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to take a break, guys. One quick last break. And when we come back, we'll be discussing how you can be more successful when dating at any age. Show with Laura Galata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm your host, Laura Galata, with Joan Kelly Walker and our guest, Jennifer Hervitz. And we're just about to share some tips for dating success at any age. So first of all, can we chat about where to meet people after divorce? Like, where do you even start? I'm sure people feel like they're getting out of the fog. So where do you start when you're ready to date again? Okay, so um, I am, of course, a dating coach. So for me, I say go to the apps. I, I happen to think the dating apps are, I think they work. I think if they're not working, you're doing something wrong. Um, because my clients have success there and I love them. So I'm, I'm just a big firm believer of yes, get on the apps. But if you're too, has, if you're hesitant and you're too nervous and they're, they're frustrating you or you're, you're, you're not ready yet and that's okay, you don't have to get on the apps. Um, there are other things that you can do. Um, one of my suggestions is just, you know what? Just get out there. Just get out of your house. Just get out of your bed. Just get into a, I don't care what you're doing. Put on some makeup, put on some lip gloss, put those shoulders back, get some, just take that confidence. And I, I know Laura, I watch your reels and I watch your, and confidence is your jam. Um, I've never, I've never seen anything more confident in my entire life than you. Um, everyone, everyone should watch Laura, everybody. I watch her in the morning. I'm like, look, if I can be like Laura, then I'm going to, yeah, it doesn't even matter. Um, but that's, I just think you should. I think everyone just, even in the grocery store, for God's sakes, put your, get your face up, stop looking at your phone and just get out there, get out there. That's all. 
And I would say join meetup groups where people align with your interests, mm -hmm. hire a matchmaker like myself, for example, or one that you align with, uh, attend speed dating events or dating parties. There are plenty in your area. Like now is the time to start. You know, so many people are just <laughs> ready to get out there and mingle. Let everybody know that you're single and looking, okay? Your friends, your family members, they're not going to keep an eye out for you unless you tell them to because they don't want to butt in your business. Well, most of them oh. don't, right? So let them know that you're single and looking and to keep an eye out for you. And, and you're right. Every time you go out that door, make sure that you look good. And if yes. your friends ask you to go out, don't say no, like every weekend. No, no, no. Yeah, you're not going to meet anybody sitting on your couch. <laughs> So get exactly out there. Right. Yeah, That's so exactly get out right. there. Yeah. And online dating apps, of course. But also approaching guys. If a guys are listening to this, women still want you to approach them. Ladies, if you want to approach a guy, hey, this is the time to do it. Things are changing. Things are shifting. Approach. Talk to people. Maybe give, have, an, yeah. you know, give an arm's length. Like maybe make sure there's an arm's length between you and the other person. You don't want to get into people's faces. But please approach people. That's what they want. I love that. I actually said to some guy the other day, I was walking out of Starbucks and I said, oh my God, I love your t-shirt. It's so cute. He was like, he stopped. Like I, like I said something crazy. Like it was a shock <laughs> to him. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, oh, I just was surprised at you. And I was like, surprised that I said I liked your t-shirt. <laughs> it's like, like you've got to just talk to people, you know? It's not that hard. You can there are little things like holding a door open for someone. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or just yes. like those little gestures that are old fashioned, but they really make you feel good. Agree. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Or even so if you're standing in, oh, I'm sorry. If you're standing in the line at Starbucks or at a coffee place or somewhere and you um, ask someone like, hey, what, what are you drinking today? I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it, you never know. It works. Yeah. And okay. So Jennifer, as a matchmaker, one of the things mm -hmm. that I hear a lot of women complain about is that there are so many older men who aren't mm -hmm. looking for anything serious or they're looking for someone younger. Um, what do you think like about that? Okay. It's so funny. You're asking me this. I just had a like two hour conversation <laughs> with an older, an older guy, a friend of mine the other day who is he's in his sixties. And he said, the reason this is exactly what came out of his mouth. The reason why men in their 60s and 70s are dating younger women is because they can't find women their own age who want to have sex. Oh, is that true? On. That's what they're no. saying. And I'm, I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, there's no. no way. I said, you mean that all the older women out there, that gorgeous 60, they just stop having sex. He's like, that's why we date younger women. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Go I'll ahead. give you my reason on what Please. I think. Well, and yes. I just did a reel about this. And Joan, I don't know if you've heard anything um, like what I'm going to share with you. But, you know, as a matchmaker, I hear older women say, well, I don't want to meet guys my age or older because they let themselves go. They don't take care of themselves. Oh. They eat unhealthy. They get beer bellies. And then the women, the men say the same thing. Well, women let themselves go. They gain weight. They don't look good for their age and they don't take care of themselves. And I'm like, well, if you're fit and healthy at your age, then obviously there are other people that are also your age that are fit and healthy. So stop using that as an excuse. <laughs> I, I totally agree. agree. I agree. Totally agree. But people also lie on their, on their oh, like dating yes. apps and stuff. They'll say, Oh yeah, I work out. I do this. I do that. And you meet them and it's clearly not the case. Like people need to be honest. 
even on dating sites. You think? (laughs) (laughs) And what about telling your actual age on the site? Isn't it like, doesn't everybody lie about their age? Not everybody. Not everybody. everybody. No, and you shouldn't lie. Why, why, why would you lie? Because then you get to the date and the person's, I mean, you started off already by lying, by being dishonest. Joan, you have a friend that lies, right? On her. So <laughs> I'll just throw her under the bus. You don't have I, to mention her name. <laughs> I think a lot of people that are why, on dating why? sites embellish, you know, they only share certain features and things. And, you know, it's, it's their pie in the sky version of themselves. Because when you're an older woman, you may not get guys looking at you past a certain age. So if, let's just say you're over 50 and you still want guys in their 40s looking at you, you may tell them that you're about 49 and you haven't oh, hit 50 okay. yet. So maybe they, they lie by about a year or two. I'm not sure if that's, you know, the best way to go, but that's, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Jennifer? That's called kitten fishing. Just so you know, there's a term <laughs> for it. It's not kitten cat fishing. fishing. It's kitten, kitten fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your friend she's kitten fishing. I will. (laughs) Just so you know, that's called kitten fishing. And I don't don't approve, but you know what? I'm turning 50 this year and I'm now single. So I Uh may just have to, I may just have to do a little kitten fishing myself. (laughs) So would you put 49 on your dating site or would you put 50? Because there's a big difference. I'm happy. I'm actually proud. I'm turning 50. I'm proud of it. I'm going to put 50. Let's see what happens. Oh, just happens. put 49. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, that's it for our show tonight, guys. Thank you so much, um, Jennifer, for joining us. Where can people learn more about you? Um, at jenniferhurvitz.com or um, on Instagram at doing relationships right. Thanks for having awesome. me, Awesome. And Joan? And on Instagram, you can DM me at Joan Kelly Walker Official. And myself, it's official Laura Balot on Instagram, TikTok. On Clubhouse, it's Laura Bellotta and singleinthecity.ca if you're looking to hire a matchmaker, a dating coach, or if you're looking for singles events in your area. And thank you so much for tuning in, guys. See you next week. Ciao for now.